overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Good evening, and welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. Hello, Laura. Good evening. You know, I was actually listening to the beginning of one of these the other day before I was reminded that I can't listen that, to them yeah, or was, I'll stop. I was going to say, that doesn't sound like Yeah, you. no, I, I, I really just made it through this part of it because it was so cringy for me. But we do say good evening, and people could be listening to this in the morning. So good morning and good afternoon. Yes, except like I don't, I don't think red wine is usually associated with the morning. Well, I hope not. <laughs> But you know, you do yeah, you. It depends. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. And we are generally having a glass of wine. Yes. So good uh, evening. So good evening. That's right. <laughs> and uh, cheers. Laura, I'm super excited, um, and I think you are too. I am always excited. About but yes, but do you know what I'm excited about? Oh, I thought you were gonna say who we're interviewing, but you are not. You are talking about the <laughs> No, other I'm not thing. excited about that at all. <laughs> you are talking about the other thing about which is that grammatically correct? About which we are getting excited. Sure. <laughs> and what is that, Laura? The women's brunch. That's right. The After women's two long brunch. years. Fall kickoff. Yes. Let's do this. Let's do it. After, After two long years, we are back and bigger than ever. Yes. Um, there is a venue in Plano yes. where it's happening. Downtown Plano. Um, there are, I think, 150 spots. Yes. And so register early. Yes. I think you're going to have to have tickets to fill this that year. up. Um, and we get to participate in it on That's stage. Right. Laura, Laura and I get to do embarrassment of riches live. So three or four of, uh, the ladies in the church, we're going to, we're going to help curate their story and we're going to do embarrassment of riches lives for our, our fall kickoff instead of having a speaker. Um, you get, you get to listen to these knuckleheads interview, um, interview some great ladies in our church. Mm-hmm. I know it, it, that it, that feels very true. And I'm just going to try <laughs> to talk knuckle, as the, knuckle the knucklehead head. piece. Yeah. I'm going to try to talk as little as possible and just highlight the women who are willing to Well, you to know share. me, I always try to talk as little as possible. Yes. That is that's, how people that's describe That's my you. mantra. Uh-huh. Talk that as little as possible. how you are described. Mm-hmm. Well, we do have, um. We are a, also excited. Yes, we are also excited about our special guest tonight. We have Gretchen Foley with us. Hello, Gretchen. Hello. Gretchen Foley of the entrance to the children's ministry on many Sundays. Yes, yeah, second oh, Sunday. Oh, that's why I haven't worked with you in so long because I've been, I've, I stopped being like the, whatever, the ministry coordinator or whatever it is that, and now I'm the desk lady. So you and I don't ever overlap because I'm the right, desk. But I can call you if job. I need a sub. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's okay. right. But I'm like, Which, I'm like, I was like, I feel like I haven't worked for you with you for in forever. And it's like, oh, it's because I'm doing Gretchen's job. Now. Well, I should have called you this Sunday. Let me tell you what I did. I had friends from family camp which we went to family camp at Pine Cove for years, which was amazing. And so some of our mm. sweet friends who were going, still going and going to camp came and stayed with us for the weekend. I was in total hostess mode with my sweet friends. 
And I was getting donuts Sunday morning for everyone. And I go and I'm standing at the, I'm walking out to my car at 825. Oh gosh. Donuts in my hand. And, and I'm thinking, I hope I have enough f- to feed my family. And I went to Laura Bainham, orders donuts for the entire church oh every goodness. Sunday morning. I wonder how many donuts she has to order. Church, what week is this? Oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be at the nursery desk in five minutes. <laughs> I had not showered. I had b- brushed my teeth and thrown on a pair of shorts. So I texted Dawn on the way and said, I'll be there late, but I'm coming. I'm so sorry. And got myself dressed in about 10 minutes and headed out the door. God bless Dawn. That's right. Come, that's right. Come as you are. I bet are. she gets that's one of those texts every Sunday. Probably so. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, so Jess and I were talking before this because we kind of just chat about our upcoming podcasts each week and we really don't know much about your story um and I I think I told you the main thing I know about you is that like me you have three daughters right um so I'm hoping to gain some wisdom and insight we've been running in different solidarity um but just tell us a little bit about yourself like where you grew up um how you came to know the Lord right 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 well um the first thing I always say when people ask that is that I don't ever remember not knowing Mm-hmm. I grew up in a in a Christian home, and I grew up in a really good Christian home. I grew up in one where it was prayer was modeled, where um, I, you know faith was front and center, and um, I thoroughly believe at some little preschool Sunday school class, I asked him into my heart, and it stuck. And so I, I say, in a nutshell, my testimony is a sunrise. It's just an awakening mm-hmm. at every stage of. Mm-hmm. who he is and who he is to me and who I am because of him. And um, I've had some doozy lessons along the way. And But, um, yeah, it's just, it's always, he's always been a part of my life. So I was, um, my dad was an Army doctor until I was eight years old, and so we moved all over the place. And then when we were, when I was eight, we moved to a little town in East Texas called Sulphur Springs. Mm-hmm. And that's where I lived the rest of my life until I went off to college. And I have Where'd two. Where'd you go to college? I went to Baylor. Okay. Yes. I have two brothers, one older, one younger. And my older brother had gone to Baylor, and so I followed him to Baylor, and my younger brother followed us to Baylor. <laughs> and Baylor was um, bittersweet. I had it. I went thinking, had all these expectations of what college was going to be like. That I just, for some reason, thought my life is going to be like my mom's. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to be a cute little sorority girl. Meet my husband, and we're going to get married and live happily ever after and God had very different plans and there were lots of disappointments there I I was um went through rush twice and didn't get a bit either time Mm. and um ended up stupid sororities stupid sororities you're you're you get a bid from me tonight Gretchen that's right and you don't even have to pay us any money I don't and I don't have to go to stupid meetings Mm -hmm. and that's right (laughs) I just done ones like this yeah yay well and the but I'm sure as a 18 year old or 20 year old like that's heartbreaking if you if that those for many people Jess and I were not in sororities but for many people you go college and sorority and those things feel synonymous yeah right to go in and that's what you're hoping for right right and I don't know I've, I've heard it's not quite like this these days, but the Greek system at Baylor when I was there was, it ran the show. Mm. It was, it was pretty much everything social there was to do. And so it was very isolating. And, and part of that was just the heartbreak I felt for not being included. And, sure. you know, you go into that place of 
uh, why didn't they want me? I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, all, all the things. Um, but God, because <laughs> it's a girl that I lived with my last semester at Baylor and became really good friends with. I know she would not have been in my life the way she was had I been in a sorority because she was very kind of, she was kind of anti-Greek mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it just wasn't her world. What she is ultimately the friend that introduced me to Brian, my husband. Mm-hmm. And so it's, that's. Did th- y'all meet at Baylor? We did not. He was at TCU and he um, went through TCU on an ROTC scholarship and so went into the army and he was in the first desert storm and mm-hmm. I didn't know him then. I'm very glad I did not know him then. So mm-hmm. we met after he came back from that and he had a roommate at Baylor, I mean, sorry, at TCU, a, f- a fraternity brother at TCU that had grown up with my roommate, Tanya, in Duncanville. And so I would hang out with Tanya's friends when we would come to Dallas and um, we met, met there. Because, because of Tanya, she didn't really introduce us. But That was your her. last year in college? Well, there was a little, I'm sorry, I skipped a, a, a couple of things, but they, I had graduated. Get the timeline right. I got Gretchen. the timeline right. Because there's going to be a quiz it. for our so, listeners later. Be, because Baylor had not been everything I had expected and because everything that had happened there happened there and my Prince Charming was not there was, was one of those things that I just thought was going to happen. I left Baylor with uh, the self-esteem of, a little pee. I mean, just felt so small. just yucky, just so small. Just, yeah. Just like, why am I different? Why is this not working exactly. out for me? Like it is for other Unseen. girls. Exactly. Exactly. And just, and there was, there was real grief involved in mm-hmm. the, the loss of that dream of this is what it was going to be like. And I was getting an, I got a degree in elementary education, but I was not excited about being a teacher. <laughs> I just kind of fell into it because it was time to pick a major, and mm-hmm. I had a professor in a study skills class that was like, oh, you'd be such an amazing teacher. And I was like, well, I got nothing else to do. I have to declare something to move forward, so I just did it. So I thought with my self-esteem in the state that it was that if I got a teaching job right then that I would just feel like a little old maid school teacher at the age of 22. So I thought I need an adventure. I need something fun to do. <laughs> so I moved to New Jersey and moved in with the family and became their nanny <laughs> for wow. a year and a half of my life. And it was absolutely a wonderful, wonderful experience in so many ways. I it um just just the fact that I could move so far away and build a life on my own um, was. It was a huge well, boost. confidence boost. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and to see how that was not something a lot of your peers were doing. No, at the time, so it was something very different. It, it kind they of were. broke and, a mold, and I kind of did it with a. It was kind of like a little baby step because I wasn't completely on my own. I, I lived with this family. Mm-hmm. They, um, it was a, a Jewish family, very culturally Jewish. They didn't practice much, mm-hmm. except for the major holidays. Um, and they were very open and accepting of everyone they like the nanny a couple of nannies before me they had let her bring in a Christmas tree mm-hmm. and and they they bought Easter egg things for me to die with the kids and so they were they but they were just precious and the first night I was there I walked out of my bedroom in a nightgown and a robe that had both come from the same store but they weren't a set it was like a chenille robe and this floral nightgown and Marilyn, the lady I worked for, came out of her bedroom, and she had on the exact robe and <laughs> the exact same nightgown that I had on. Oh, my goodness. 
was like, we are going to be friends. We are, <laughs> and, and we were, even though she was this super high-powered attorney for AT&T, she, she was still very down to earth and we were really good friends, but they do you had, still have contact with that family. I do. I do. And not, not, I just, the daughter, there was two little boys when I went there and a little girl was born while I was there and they were all three in our wedding. Oh. And then we had the privilege of going to Stephanie's bat mitzvah when she turned 13 and the sad piece of that story is the oldest son was killed in a car accident oh, when he after he graduated from college he had his dream job working for the New York Yankees and was during the World Series and he was taking a cab back home after one of the games and they were rear-ended by a drunk driver oh, oh man so it was really really sad but y'all at Stephanie's bat mitzvah so he would have been like late high school he told me that he had accepted Christ. Oh, oh that's and I didn't, nice, yeah. I didn't get a hold of him enough to hear the, to whole. Hear the whole story. But I just thank you, Lord, that you mm-hmm. gave me that that comfort, that to little know nugget. That. So sweet. But so anyway, so you went to New Jersey. Went to New Jersey. Which, well, real quick, let me back yeah. up a little bit. Just in that time that you were in Waco and feeling, yes, insecure, disappointed. Yep. You know, you you said I like the way that you described that your faith has just been increasing and changing and you've been learning more. What, what did you say? What was I know the sun, the, I, I was, like I was going to try to say it, but I was going to butcher it. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, right. Like it just yeah. unfolds. It keeps yeah. unfolding mm-hmm. into. Right. Yeah. Even though I had all of that disappointment going on, there was still a lot of, a lot of highs there. I had, um, I had a, a great Bible study group. I, I dug into Young Life. I Young Life didn't exist in my little hometown, so they, I was introduced to it there and um, was a small where, group. Where, oh, you didn't tell us where you were from. Yeah, Sulphur, Sulphur Springs. Springs. Oh, Sulphur yeah. Springs, you did. Yeah, you teeny did. little town. Um, so you still felt God's presence absolutely. in your life. But it was, you know, and that's something, and I think I've referenced this before on the podcast, um, when we had the in-town retreat with the youth group. hmm Jackson spoke. I don't know if you know who Jackson is. He doesn't have kids. He may not cross his path a lot, no. but he spoke and he he talked a lot about how we struggle. Hi, Susan. We mm-hmm. want you on the podcast still. <laughs> we struggle <laughs> That's so Jackson's much. Wife. Okay, come on, Susan. And she she gave me a list, but she declined. <laughs> oh no! But I'm calling you out now, Susan. It's, and if you if you want to hear Susan Woolsey's story, you better <laughs> let her know because we did too. Let we wanted her know. to hear it. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's what we want is peer pressure to get people to come on, just shame and guilt. Whatever it takes. But he, he, what his talk, he was the speaker for that weekend for the kids. And his big point was your identity is not earned. Mm. It's assigned to you Mm -hmm. and it's assigned to you because you're Mm -hmm. a child of the King. Yep. I think that is a fantastic message and sometimes almost feels impossible to really believe. Yeah. Jackson, what you said really stuck with Laura. She has, (laughs) she's told me about it multiple times. I have, and I think it's one of the most important lessons (laughs) we can try and truly, truly believe. Absolutely. But the, the world we're living in, the culture that we exist in is telling us the exact opposite. Sure. Most of the time. Sure. Your identity is from the sorority that you get in. Your identity is from the man that you walk away from college with. Your identity is in your career. So all of those things. what you do, not who you are. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yep. And that's, yeah, that's so not what scripture tells us, isn't it? So you were sticking with the Lord, even though you'd been disappointed. I was, yes, yes. So that, I never. But you were, your confidence was. Yes, yes. So I was, I was probably, because 
because this, my self-esteem was so low or because it got so low meant that I wasn't, even though I, I had that relationship with God and I was still had great ministry opportunities, um, I was still gaining a lot of my worth, like you said, from what I thought I was supposed to be and how well, I thought my life was supposed to look. Mm-hmm. Has coined a phrase that I use all the time with my patients. It's it's called outsourcing your self-esteem. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, there's not there. I don't know if there's a better way to say it, but it's like that, that you're, you're allowing other people to sure. inform you about who you are. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's, it's, it's a, incredibly easy yeah. to do oh, and, yeah, and getting yeah. easier and easier. It's a trap. Yeah. With, with you know, social media, mm-hmm. like I was, yeah, that, and that was back before I, got to watch everybody go to their, their mm-hmm. parties and their right. events. And, right. you know, I only, that's what I've, I've said that like, I, um, I never got asked to a dance in high school and I think that was hard. How much harder now when you're able to pick up your sure. phone and, and you see, see everybody at instantaneously, the dance all up. everybody having a blast. Yeah. So did you go to New Jersey after you graduated from? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then you I were graduated. there for a year and a, what brought you back? Well, I always knew I'd come back. Um, I just, I called it my adventure in life. I just needed, I needed something completely new, new and, and almost brainless. I mean, that sounds weird, but I just needed something that I didn't, I didn't have to study for anything. I didn't mm-hmm. have to prepare for anything. I just, I loved kids and I could just go love on that family and um, and then I would get to travel on the weekends and I had, a, God just provided this really sweet group of friends through, <laughs> through a nanny job that I didn't take. I, huh. um, I had spoken with the family that I worked for on the phone and they, um, told me that they lived in this really kind of remote area and I would have to kind of be a go-getter to m- build a social life. And that didn't necessarily scare me, but I was at the same time talking to another family who they said, oh, our nanny that's leaving us has this great group of friends, and they just kind of embrace every new girl that comes in. And and so... That and, sounded better. Yeah, it did sound better. <laughs> and they said, can we fly you up for an interview slash orientation? And I said, sure, that sounds amazing. Orientation, so I, wow. Yes, so I kind of put the other family on hold and thought, I'm going to... They didn't offer to pay fly me up, but this family mm-hmm. did. So let's go check this out. Well, the second I saw this family at the airport, they had one little girl and just the two of them. All I can just say is there was just a spirit of uh uh-uh. uh. Mm-hmm. It just, it just no. Nope. There it? was there was zero connection. Um, and I you know, if I started to define what I was feeling, it would come across real catty. But it just. All I knew was I just did not feel a piece about mm-hmm. it. You can tell us privately. Later. <laughs> I can tell you privately later. <laughs> that, um, but and I went to their, you know, of course I was staying in their home, and the and the girl that was the nanny that was leaving was so funny. She about halfway through the second day, she's driving me around town, showing me all the stuff because it's remember the orientation slash interview. And about halfway through, she stops and says, "I can't do this to you." She said, "This these people are." the strangest people I've ever met. They will take advantage of you. Mm. They will treat you horribly. And she said, I cannot wait to leave. And she said, I, I really like you, and I can't tell you to take this job. And I said, thank you. You've just confirmed everything I was feeling. Mm-hmm. But they also had a brunch for me the next day to introduce me to all of those nanny friends. And so that still went on. And I met all the nanny friends, and then when we looked at a map, the first family 
the Wasters that I ended up working for, they lived right in the circle of... Oh, good. Because everybody lived in different little communities, but mm-hmm. all real close together. So you took advantage so of I their brunch. So I took advantage of their brunch <laughs> and the friends, and I got all the job. phone numbers, and I did not take the job. And But they were fine later. I did ultimately end up meeting the girl that took that job, and it was everybody was happy. It was good. Perfect. But that was just, I loved that piece of the story because. And it sounds like you ended up where you were supposed to I, be. I, oh, a thousand percent. And But just that I got to see God just go, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. We're going to. We're going to go here, and we're going to look here, and then we're going to go here, and I've got you, babe. And just not only was it just a blast and fun, and I made sweet lifelong friends, but I had one of my, one of my big moments of, okay, God, you are, you are real. They're at a singles group that um, I went to one night at a little church I was going to, and this the guy that was the um, singles pastor was from England and his mom had come over from England. And so she was the speaker that night. Mm. And I, I cannot even tell you exactly what the topic was or what she spoke of. But all I know is that was, I was just filled with this overwhelming peace that she knows my Jesus just mm. the way I know my Jesus. And he's over there with her. And now he's here in New Jersey with me. And he has just given me this wonderful job where I feel confident and loved on and having, I'm having all these great adventures and, and, um, like he's really he's in real. the details of my he's life in the details as he, fully as he's in the details. of Yes. Hers. He became really real. His, his bigness was, was just shining. Just that mm-hmm. how big he was and how small the world was just mm-hmm. that he's and, so and how real he was. I think, I, I think we've kind of talked about this multiple times over the years on this podcast, but how like sometimes when people grow up in the church, when they don't necessarily have like this moment of conversion, because it's like they sort of always believed. And even though I would say technically I did not grow up in the church, I grew up believing in God. I grew up believing in the Jesus story. Um, uh, My theology was off, but like, but I, I grew up believing that. So I don't, for me, it was, it was more like this epiphany of, grace like the, right. like this epiphany of really understanding that um and it sounds like you've had like kind of multiple times in I your have. life where you've had like this un- unfolding um yeah uh, or a blossoming of your faith where it's like maybe some deeper reality of your faith or deeper reality about the sure. lord has kind of taken taken hook sure and i think for me uh that happened in like my freshman year in college where I, I felt like I was living in an ABC after school special and mm-hmm. I had kind of lost. And I think that's probably true for you too, Laura, um, where I had kind of lost hold of who I was. Mm-hmm. And I, and I was like, it was like, I was watching myself like on this ABC after school special. <laughs> and I'm like, I am not that person. That mm-hmm. is not who I am. Mm-hmm. And God used that. And the campus ministry that I, that i fell into he used that experience in that campus ministry to kind of open my eyes to his grace and his mercy and his love um has has do you have an experience like that not that where it's it's like where there was a like god used an opening and and sometimes it's like i said sometimes it's a place place of pain or sometimes it's a place of where you aren't who you, you aren't you aren't being who you who you know you are right well um I know two things popped into my mind when you were telling that story. 
the the first time I remember just really staring my faith straight in the face and going, yes, I believe every bit of this was mm. when I um, had a friend fall away from his faith. And he was, we were friends from church camp and had, and had been very extremely close. We, we weren't, romantically connected but we were really really good 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 friends and I I went to prom with him in his little town in East Texas and he came to prom with me just because we were that that good of friends and either one of us had boyfriends or girlfriends that were like just come so anyway we were we were really connected and he went away to college at TCU and I remember my younger brother calling me and saying hey I heard that Stephen is claiming he's an atheist now and I just kind of laughed and was like, there's no way. There's no way. And I'm going to call him and get to the bottom of this. And so I called him, and he, sure enough, yes, he had 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 an diff- epiphany of a different kind that he n- had never really believed, that he had just gone through the motions because that's the way he was raised, but that when it came right down to it, he didn't believe there was anything supernatural, and, and no, there was no God. So that at that point, I was just flabbergasted and there was a song there was a song in christian radio at the time that um was by the the cruise family that completely dates me way 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 back <laughs> in the even, 80s i don't even know who that is <laughs> no you I, I thought it was gonna be i don't wanna be i don't wanna be a lukewarm <laughs> i don't know that one either i don't even know but anyway this song um there was a line in the song that said if you really knew him the way i knew him you could never walk away mm-hmm. and that was that was my story in the that moment. The link to that song will be uh, <laughs> in our show notes. I don't. Gosh, it'll be it'll be a miracle. I bet, if anybody I bet we can, can find, find it, it on it. Apple Music. I'll I'll, I'll I'll try to post that. What's the name of the song, Gretchen? I have no idea. I just remember that's the line. <laughs> the in Cruise it. Family. The Cruise Family. Okay, mm-hmm. well we'll look for the Cruise Family Essentials. Cruise you know, Family Essentials uh, <laughs> on Apple Playlist. <laughs> I, okay, I really so want to. I'm going to be so really shocked if you can find that. Are you yes. not thinking there's a I don't think there's an essentials. We'll just see what happens. <laughs> Let's see. We'll just try it. We'll just try it. Anyway, sorry. It, well, I was going to say, send it to me if you find okay, it. Okay, I, I think I'm going to be so surprised if they're well, not there. And I, I like, so before this, we were yeah. kind of talking about how God can be highlighted and glorified in big, big tragedy. Yeah. And, um, and you know, crazy stories and experiences that right. people have. Also, his realness can be more affirmed to, in you, to you, um, and, and things like that too. And I'm just, I'm relating to that um, as part of my steps towards my, my son, my sun rises. Is that what yeah, you said? The right. sun rises? Yeah. Um, just having experiences like that. Sure. Where somebody does, stop believing or realize it, realizing they never really believed. Mm-hmm. And that is just one little notch Did that, for me to realize like, oh, that was God making himself more real right. to me in my reaction. I don't know that I realized it at the time, but I do remember being so, so sad yeah. that somebody either didn't believe or mm-hmm. was falling away from their faith. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that not that that was pleasing to God, but like we've said, like he can right. use awful things absolutely and, and I think good. he used those things in my life to, to go draw you near. oh absolutely. he really well and just to just and that's what I've been praying for my kids for a couple years now um I felt like God put that on my heart a couple years ago was just to pray that he would be real to them mm-hmm. and I pray that quietly and I pray that to them mm-hmm. 
because I think that is huge. That absolutely God is really, really real. Like the 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 realness of Him is true to you, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the He just uses little little stepping stones along so the way. Did like you that. tell us everything you wanted to tell us about that situation. about that story? Yeah, that I just yeah he I did he and yes I sad to say when when Facebook first came out he was one of the first people that popped in my head just to go spy on him and see if anything was different <laughs> in his life and unfortunately it wasn't back then. Mm. It was, but and then you said there was something else too. Well, yes. Yeah, so two things popped in your two head. things. Yes, the other thing that popped in my head was um, about ten, eleven years ago, was in a small group um, with some gals at DBC, and really came face to face with the realization that while I had completely believed and understood God's grace for my salvation, that's where it stopped. And everything else was legalism and better me, white knuckle. I got to white knuckle it through me this. working to perform. And and on the other side of it, I think back and go, think how silly was that? And if someone had had called me on the carpet back then and said, "What do you think you're working so hard for?" I wouldn't have even been able to make sense of what I thought I was working so hard for. But I just thought everything else in the Christian life was about my effort mm-hmm. and my work. And I had. Um, I remember a friend of mine being one step ahead of me in the game, and she she and I were leading a digs group together, and that's what we called the small group, girls groups back back then, back in the day. Um, I don't think they call them that anymore, do they? How long have you been at but, DBC? Oh, gosh, y'all. I, I've been at DBC since 1993. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. The year Maybe you're OG. OG DBC. Maybe even a little bit of 92. Yes. So wow. back when it was it was Family Life Bible Church. Um, you were like Wendy Howard. <laughs> I, she she beat me by a couple of years, but not too many. And she and I we started coming. Brian and I were dating. We were not engaged yet. His brother and sister in law were going to going there, and we just started visiting on Sunday on Sunday mornings with them and just loved it and stayed. And Hal Habecker was not even there yet. He wow. was he was on the search committee for a pastor. John Nieder, who started the church, had had stepped down to pursue other ministry opportunities, and we were having interim pastors come in, and um, we started coming, and then Hal came on board, and we, Brian and I got engaged. Hal did our premarital counseling, and we got married in Sulphur Springs, so he didn't perform the ceremony, but... So and then we, you were leading a digs group, is that what you called that's it? That's what they called it back then. Okay. They called it daughters back then, in so daughter I don't Daughters even, in God. That disciples in God. I don't even know what dig stands for. I'm just I'm trying Maybe because you dig it. deeper. Y'all, I don't know. Um, so so um Mohawks <laughs> Mohawk Elementary has like the chiefs mm-hmm. that are like the dads that volunteer and uh, <laughs> y'all tell y'all ask me and if you want to know privately Kyle, t- Kyle refused to join the Chiefs, but he-, he said he would join if they changed their name. Because it wasn't politically correct? No. No. <laughs> I'm just going to say that his that his name stood for Dads. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Oh, hold gosh. On. I don't know if Kyle's going to appreciate you telling this story. <laughs> hold on. I'll come back to you. But if you want to know the acronym... <laughs> I mean, it's starting with it, D it, gives me a hint. Did yeah. it, it spelled um, something questionable? It's something about, like, in charge of children's <laughs> knowledge and stuff. Oh! 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 <laughs> like, if they would change... I knew the second you said dads. <laughs> I know. 
Anyway, he said he would join if they would change their, yes. their name to Dad's mm-hmm. in charge of children's knowledge. Uh, that was his. Stuff. That was his suggestion. Mm-hmm. That was his suggestion. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I digress. I don't even know why. So maybe Diggs just stood for Diggs. digging deeper. Yeah, Diggs. yeah I, I really, Diggs I don't may know. Not have any deep meaning? I'm just, I'm not. But I, I don't know. I think Kyle's acronym was for like instead of Chiefs, it was like something like. Um, you know. No, I think we all get what it was, but what he's suggesting. <laughs> you think people can figure it out? I think they can figure it out. It yeah, I think they're again. smart Dad's enough to get it. In yeah, charge yeah. Of children's, children's knowledge. Aaron Armstrong, please let Jess know if you figure that out and if you appreciate that. <laughs> and stuff. Uh, your husband's kind of funny. <laughs> he's not kind funny. of funny. He's a he's funny, a very guy funny guy. guy. Yeah, he's pretty funny. That's awesome. So you were leading. Yes, yeah, so group. I was leading. Yes, and I, I, uh, you mentioned that. I had three daughters. I didn't even mention that I had three daughters, but yes, we have three daughters. And when Macaulay was, she's our oldest, when she was going, she was in fifth grade, I guess, um, I signed on to be a leader of the sixth grade girls Mm. so that I could stay one step ahead of the game Mm -hmm. in the teenage world. And, um, and it was a, our youth, the youth group was not quite as robust as it is right now. And Mm -hmm. I had, zero girls on my roster when I very first signed up and we ended up trickling in a few along the way and and then when the Radabaws came came to church Nicole became one of my girls and um anyway so we had a a, a tiny but mighty little group and um my friend Bonnie was leading it with me and she just was all of a sudden on fire with who she was in Christ and who and her identity in Christ and she kept trying kept nailing home to the girls every chance she got that you are a new creation you are a new creation if you have christ you are a new creation and i just kept you know going oh that's nice yeah of course yeah i I, Mm -hmm. i've heard that verse my whole life Mm -hmm. i know that that's that's sweet bonnie but it wasn't until i joined this bible study group that she had been in for that last year that i really got smacked in the face with oh my gosh i had no idea I had never absorbed what that even means. And the fact that it says you are a new creation the moment that you accept Christ, that something actually happens to you. It's not just that, okay, now you get to go to heaven and and you get to spend the rest of your life trying to be a good girl Mm -hmm. and trying to become a better and better person. You're a new creation at that point, but then you could mess it up, so you better keep working it. That's sure. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. That it just, that, yeah. That there was that the rest of it was going to be up to me. And the part that that I think that I look back on now and go, if someone had said, "What about the thief on the cross? Mm-hmm. You know, what did he? Is he got? Does he have a lower place in heaven than someone who's had their entire life to study and to learn and to to memorize scripture? Is 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 his place going to be all lower the right because he didn't? He threw up a hail mary at the end mm-hmm. and. You know, of course I don't believe that. So what what am I working for? And um, that was a huge aha moment for me of just being able to really absorb what had been done, what is done to all of us at at not not what not not just what he did, but what what he what he did on the cross for us, but what he did to us. Mm-hmm. You know, Gretchen. Um, you talking about that is kind of reminding me, uh, me of our, our our small group. The ladies in our small group are doing kind of a, a Bible study this summer. 
it, it reminds me of what I was talking about. I'm totally on top of it. I'm not procrastinating I know, at all. I know you're all over it. Um, but we were, um, I, we were talking about, um, I guess like, like prayer, our prayer life and what that's looked like. And, um, and I was, I was saying to the girls on Friday, I was like, it's interesting because prior to the last three years, when I started doing listening prayer from like exposure to the Moonies and freedom prayer and the cohort, um, prior to that, if you look at my prayer journals, it all looks like, um, like just like just kind of like a guilt and shame fest like and i and i started right. to realize that like i don't even i don't even know if that if that was confession now looking back on it and thinking about it it was like i was parroting the voice of the enemy it was like i was it, even though for me because when i became a christian because i i wasn't raised in the church and there was some darkness in for sure college and some darkness in my family um that there was a real level where when I became a Christian, something immediately changed for me. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I immediately understood freedom, like the, like the freedom that comes in, in Christ. Like I, that there, there, like when they say he's a chain breaker, I, I felt like he was a chain breaker. That's awesome. Like, um, and sometimes I think maybe if you grew up, you know, in a Christian home, like that might not like resonate exactly. the moment you become a believer. Like, mm -hmm. but for me, there was like, something is different. Right. And there's, there's holds on me that are lost. Yeah. However, I've now been a Christian for like low, these 25 years ish. Let's see. Yes. I mean, maybe longer. I don't know. I became a Christian when I was like 19. I am about to be 46 in 10 days. Um, so however, somebody do the math. Mm -hmm. It's a bunch. Me. It's, it's, it's about 25 years. I'm going to go longer. quarter of a century at least. Yes. But I would say it wasn't until the last three to four years that like there was something where I started realizing that the father's, what the father had to say to me sounded vastly different from what the enemy had to say mm -hmm. to me. Amen. And, um, and that, that confession sounds a whole lot different than shame. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's what yep. I, when I'm working with clients, um, and probably like work in my own head, I like to remind them that God's, God doesn't need the smoke and mirrors of shame. No, that's, he doesn't need to, to draw you to himself out of guilt. Right. What he has to offer is so much better, so much freer, yeah. um, that he doesn't need to use those tricks. Nope. And, and that, yes, I, I, you know, was raised in a great Christian home. I, faith was not a challenge for me. And, um, and there, I had that, those times of white knuckling it with yeah. good behavior mm -hmm. or feeling like God didn't love me as much because of falling away with bad behavior. Right. And, and I was talking to my kids about this, um, last week, actually, I said, you know, doing the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing is empty. Right. Doing the, making the, the good, healthy choice yeah. out of submission for, for, for like what God has already done for you. That's yeah. when it's an act of worship. Yeah. And not just, not just a submission, but a realization of, of his awesomeness and what his he has awesomeness. Done. And this is better for and me. This is right. And just that, that's what the sunrise has been ever since 
I had that realization is just that he's uh, he only died once because that's all he had to die. That's all he had to do. He didn't have to keep doing it over and over again every time I mess up. Mm-hmm. It it was one. It was done. It's the grace is there. It's it, the grace is there. It's in the past. It's covered. What I'm going to go home and do tonight, the the snarky thing I might say to my husband tomorrow morning or whatever, that's already... I don't relate to that at all. <laughs> all covered. I love you, baby. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's all, it's already done. You Have you seen, have y'all seen that cute little, um, oh, meme, I guess, or little thing? I've seen it on Instagram a couple of times. It says, religion says, there's like religion is, oh my gosh, I've messed up. My dad's going to kill me. And Grace says, oh, my gosh, I've messed up. I need to call my dad. Mm. That's and sweet. It's just it's just a, a tweak in how you mm-hmm. look at it. And I had lived in religion so long of um, just the whole – and that whole con- – I heard all my life the whole concept of the backsliding Christian. And, oh, you're going to backslide. And, oh, if you don't – use, it's like a muscle. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And you've got all this ground to make up. And – um. And just it's all about that, you and what you do. It's all about me. And that, that is, is so selfish. It's all about me and my effort. And of course I failed over and over and over again. And, you know, I would, I would have dry seasons where I was not in the word mm-hmm. and would beat myself up about it because I was, I was feeling like, okay, now I've got all this ground to cover to get back to what I don't know. You know, it doesn't make any sense. There's, there was no mm-hmm. place to get back to, but that was the impression that I had. And I remember hearing someone say that one time about, oh, yeah, you're, you've got, it's like you've slid, in, you've, you've slid down that pole, and now you got to work, work, work to get back up. And I, I was like, no, enough. That's not what it's like. It's like I've been over here in this dry season ignoring the truth of who I am and who God is, and the only thing it takes to get right back there is to, turn my gaze mm. and to go, Hey God. Yeah. Hey Jesus. Right. You know? And it's, it's his goodness. That's going to, that's going to draw you to it. It's yeah, not exactly. the, the guilt of, no. I mean, no, the guilt can certainly be something that, that works, but it's not what well, he's going to use. Not the well, guilt, and, for yeah, sure. well, and uh, it, like Laura and I always say a guilt is a, a guilt and shame are strong motivators. It doesn't mean they're great motivators. Uh. <laughs> Not healthy. Yeah. They can be effective. But it's like that Romans passage that I should I should have memorized and should know the address. Um I'm horrible with addresses. But um but it's his kindness that leads Mm -hmm. to repentance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm I only have five good stories. If you know me, you've heard them all. Um and so I'm certain Laura Pace has heard this story, but uh a couple of years ago. Uh, and by a couple, I probably mean 10. Who knows? Like, it's, it's all a blur now that I'm nearly 46 <laughs> years together. old. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all a it's blur. It's like I can't tell the it's difference between It's amazing you can a, remember anything. It's a amazing. 14-year-old and a 26-year-old anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. But um, but let's say a couple of years ago, and, and all, everybody knows that that's 10. Um, I was feeling frustrated with a friend because they were not like, I was trying to get like an answer for, I was planning something. I was trying to get an answer from them and I felt like it was a simple answer. I had sent her an email. She hadn't responded. I'd I know this isn't me, it isn't but it because feels it like, like it could be me. It, oh, it absolutely. I, I, in fact, I honestly feel like 
so in the past five or six years since we've been at DBC, like Laura and Annie are, you know, among my closest friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are like, uh, they're like life partners to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're like, I, I, I tell them, and, and, you know, sometimes I tell them in a disparaging way that, you know, whatever, but like, they're, they're like, they're, they're as dear to me as my college friends. And I feel mm-hmm. like it was such a gift from God to just like give me people at this stage in my life that we just like instantly kind of fell into this friendship. Um, maybe that. a little bit more with Annie than you. Yeah, Laura. maybe as evidenced <laughs> by your confession. In the That's, I'm only way. saying that because there's a story behind that. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard it, you'll have to listen to the whole podcast okay, series. I will. And you'll have heard it. But, but all that to say, so I'm, I'm planning this thing. I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm getting no response from this person. And what I was saying was that God then plants in my life, like dear Annie and dear Laura, Mm -hmm. who never respond. I shouldn't say never, but their, their response time to text messages, phone calls is, is poor at best. Mm -hmm. We are definitely a solid (laughs) team. And if my, if, if I was outsourcing my self-esteem to their response time, I would be a P. You would be be the P. I -hmm. would be the P. But, uh, but luckily I, I feel very loved by them and I, I just think it's an adorable foible of their personalities. Yeah. Anyway. I have a couple of daughters like that. I was not feeling that way about, we're going to call her Susan Brown. Okay? Okay. <laughs> that is not her name. But Susan Brown, that was not what I was feeling. And I was feeling very upset. And it was pushing on like this sore place in me. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that it was. Okay. Um, but I was getting really angry with her and I was talking to Kyle about her. And this is like, mind you, like a woman that like has only ever been kind to me. Hmm. Um, like mm-hmm. self selfless, selflessly serves in ministry, like right. just a good person. Okay. But, but in my mind, I'm like, Susan Brown is a social climber. If she, uh, like, she can't possibly have friends if she treats people the way that she's treating me. Um, I'm of no use to her. So I'm of no not. use to her. So mm-hmm. she doesn't feel like it's necessary for her to respond to me. Yeah. And so I had like, I had created this whole, a whole story, story about Susan Brown. Yep. I had some, made some agreements. Yep. And anyway, I was telling Kyle about like how angry I was with Susan Brown and how Susan Brown was just, you know, basically the most horrible human being that ever lived because right. she wouldn't respond to my text messages she's or, evil or, and or she emails must be or whatever. Destroyed. She's mm-hmm. evil. She's pure evil. I think I might've used the word social climber. Yeah. Okay. And Kyle says to me, because Kyle knows Susan Brown and also, and knows like who she is as a person. Right. And he said to me, does that really sound like Susan? Ooh, and smart it man. broke my heart in half. And and I said, no. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it's me. Like, mm-hmm. it's me. And it was like the, like the Lord revealed to me in that moment, like, no, this is about, like, this is about your pain and your brokenness. This is not about her. Like, you Mm-mm. feel some kind of way because of the way mm-hmm. you feel about yourself. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with Susan Brown. I later went to Susan Brown's house and went into her bedroom and the piles of of clothes that were not put away, unpacked yeah. suitcases, and yeah. like it was like 
Susan was busy. Susan, I feel like Susan was scattered. I feel like if you saw a picture of Susan's bedroom, the moment I walked into her bedroom, I'm like, I get it. Okay, <laughs> you got a lot going on, Susan. And <laughs> responding to my text message is low. On you need to unpack your stuff yeah. from that trip. You can't even like, get your stuff unpacked I, from your I, vacation. I, I get it, Susan. This is not about me. But what I what I love about that story, that moment, is that like. As I so that happened ten years ago, I, like three years ago when I started doing listening prayer, the voice of God um, often sounds like Kyle Denny, uh, <laughs> but a little bit it does. But I'm like the voice of God sounds like Kyle Denny. It's not condemnation. It's not judgment. Mm-hmm. It's not harsh. Yeah, it was just truth. That was it was truth and love. And it says, does that sound like Susan? Right. And he, that's all he had to say. Just he point, didn't have to say, you hey, you're being petty. Hey, you're being right. small. Hey, bl- mm-hmm. like, right. like I think the problem is you. you. Like that. That wasn't. That wasn't what it was. It. And that all, wasn't what all, opened your eyes. That's all not he what needed to do you. was say kindly. Yeah. Does that sound like Susan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just absolutely didn't. It absolutely didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, it's, it's funny as I get more and more uh, aware of the voice of God. Yeah. It sounds a lot like that. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, I, I, I was broken and humbled mm-hmm. and um, confessed and, yeah. you know, but, but, it, but it didn't feel like shame. It felt right. like a ver- someone that loved me very much. Yeah. Just pulled back the curtain sure. and said, Come here, hey, baby. What's going mm-hmm. on? Yeah. And then you were able to see, I've been lying to myself. Sure. Like, I've convinced myself that something's true because, in many ways, it feels easier. And for you, mm-hmm. Gretchen, it, yeah. it, and for me in my life, it has felt easier to put my faith in my works. Sure. To, to make myself feel more, um, important to God, a stronger Christian. Right. When I'm when I'm doing the right thing. Right. Not that my life is better. Right. And an illustration came out to me really really big the next time I took a look at the um fruits of the spirit. And the realization that I had of how many times I had said, "Oh, I got to work on patience." Oh, I gotta work on forgiveness. Oh, gotta work, work, work. That there's not fruits of me. Mm. It's not fruits of Gretchen and Gretchen's efforts. It's fruits of the Spirit. Those are things that are given to us mm. the moment we accept Christ, because we are given everything we need to live a life of godliness. The Scripture tells us that. So they're they're there. We have access to all of that. Mm-hmm. It's just is it's not going to be a thing we can do about it except for hold up our hands and give God. Love them, love through me. Mm-hmm. God, forgive, forgive this person through me. Mm-hmm. God, I'm going to be patient because you're in me and you, you've got the patience. Mm-hmm. And just that's, yeah. I mean, how I love how that. many times that's that a, I how many times good. did I pray that? Way too many times. Mm-hmm. Well, and speaking of patience, um, just because you are of of a certain demographic yes. with adult daughters. Yes. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about um, parenting adult daughters and and so how God fun. has kind of showed up in that? 
Yeah. Yes, and and if if they and how do, I I'm mostly asking for selfish reasons. Yeah, and right. if they make terrible mistakes, are they just going to necessarily fall headlong into the? Uh, is it asking yeah. for a friend? Is it, is it a done deal? Like right, if they have attitude at thirteen, it is not a done deal. I promise, there is light at the end of the tunnel. I, I I'm laughing to myself because I I came across an old note that I had written. It was in my Bible this morning. I was looking at it and it was just a prayer. I I don't know why I wrote out the prayer this day. It was just kind of an isolated thing by itself. Wasn't in a journal or anything, but there I was, I was telling God that I was trusting him for all of, all of these things in my life. And there was a, there was a line in it that I'm, I'm trusting that my daughters, I'm trusting that the girls will, grow to love each other and be Mm -hmm. kind to each other oh jesus take the wheel i feel that so deeply (laughs) and i just had to laugh and look follow porter pace (laughs) porter Porter pace on instagram and and it was it was about 11 it was about 11 years ago and yet they were at each other's throats all the time and just you know somebody was always making somebody mad where it's like to the point of shocking where you're like I didn't even know that you just went out of your way just to be just to, real just mean. To do you that. knew exactly what would hurt her in that moment. <laughs> and that's the book went you pulled out of the went shelf. For it. My husband remembered a story last night about how Macaulay one just came came down the stairs storming one day, just so mad, and she said, Mom Blake told me when she got out of the shower that she, that I could do her hair, but now she won't let me do her hair, and that's just mm-hmm. so mean. And Blake just comes behind her and kind of smiles and goes, I didn't say right after. <laughs> <laughs> it's a technicality. Technicality. Oh, man. But, yes, but they were just, yeah, there was constant elevated voices, and somebody was getting on somebody's nerves all the time with three girls. But they are... They have such a sweet relationship now, and it's so much fun to get to just kind of sit back and cruise into friendship mode with them mm-hmm. and um, and support mode with them. And Where you get to transition into that absolutely. adult parenting relationship. Absolutely. And our oldest, is she's, she's out of college. She's working. She's living in Nashville, working her dream job at a Christian music label, and um, so we really, for sure, are in that mode with her. Check her out at the <laughs> Cruz family. <laughs> that's, that's right. At the she, Cruz family. She might, she might be able to pull some stuff up, though. <laughs> Macaulay, would you listening? Find the Cruz family. Um, Your mom loves it. We all want to have an essential playlist from the Cruz family. The, um, anyway, and then our and then our middle one is she's got an internship left to do this summer, and then she'll be hopefully getting a, a big girl job and on her own and um baby girl's got two more years to go but oh my she's goodness. um but yeah it's just it's a fun place to be and our oldest and our youngest are both in nashville together and they um they both went to belmont both went to belmont yes and they um ashton when she was trying to decide where she was going to go she really wanted to go to belmont but was kind of nervous that people, she said, I don't want people to think I just followed Macaulay there. And I said, who cares? Lots of people follow. I, I followed my brother to Baylor. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, and you see how, what a, what a, what a wonderful experience that was for me. <laughs> I'm talking about it on a podcast. God can still hours. write your story. Yeah. Even if you follow us. I did. Sibling. I did. My older brother and I did live together for two years while okay, I was at Baylor. So that was good. Yeah. Cause my dad owned a condominium and we both just, my brother had graduated, but he 
decided well he, he he well he didn't he came back because he decided he wanted to be a doctor and had to pretty much take his junior and senior year all over again and the um the condo was open and we both just lived there and he mm. he was a an amazing roommate, a great roommate. He didn't leave his dishes in the sink. <laughs> no, he was so clean and tidy. He really was. It was, it, and it was a great bonding experience for the two of us. When I lived with my sister, so I was on the quarter system at Louisiana Tech. Um, so we, I, I only lived with her for one quarter. And in general, I would say that my sister and I living together was not like the best. Yeah. However, she did teach me that. Ego waffles are infinitely better with butter on them than just mm. plain with syrup. In my mind, Life I skills. was like, syrup is mm. fine. I don't need to add butter. And then I had hers with butter, and I was like, wow, that's way better. She's a wise girl. That's a page She's out of my wise. dad's playbook. Taught you a lifelong yeah. skill. Yeah, I'm like, butter does make things better. <laughs> it's true. Yay. So at this stage of your life, yes. what would you say your big ask prayer is? Mm. Gosh, well, we were t- you know, we we chatted before we actually got on mic mm-hmm. today about and I can we can we back yeah, up? Sure. No, because uh, <laughs> I feel like big ask. We're on prayer, the big ask prayer trajectory. I know, but I feel like big ask is like honing it in, and I, oh. I you got another question? I got another question. Okay, well, I shoot, gotta, I, shoot. Yeah. Um. So I feel like as we when we, uh, like our goal in this podcast is like just for women to get to know other women in the yeah. church and to get to know like the struggle, the pain, where God has shown up there. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, what do you think that is? Like, like personally? Yeah, personally, mm-hmm. yeah. The, um, That's a harder question than yeah, my question. Yeah, it's a harder question. Sorry. But like, just Kind of just a time in your life when, you know, I, I, I love that you've had little nuggets yeah. along the way. Right. But sometimes there's a bomb. When it was hard. And sometimes sure. not. Sure. Um, but just a way that you really can look back and go, God really showed up. Right. Well, um, I, I have been very fortunate that I have given me wood to knock on everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this. People always say, oh, you just wait. It's coming. I haven't had a tragedy, a huge tragedy in my life. I, sure. I just have for whatever reason well, you that didn't get into a, a uh, well yeah that was yeah so there were there were tragic moments yeah. in your life but, it probably but like felt the tragic thing, to an you know year. like yeah. the the yeah. the you know hor- horrible death of someone that i was super close you know right. super mm-hmm. close to you know none of those things have happened i've had you know three healthy children that that have mm-hmm. you know had all kids have their ups and downs right. but you have a good marriage i have a good marriage yeah you know with the we all have our bickery moments and stuff mm-hmm. but yes i have a great marriage laura have, does it they have a perfect <laughs> marriage she's told us many they know, times they i'll never, give you pro tips i know later. i saw, i heard <laughs> i i've already heard some confessions mm-hmm. on the podcast i've listened to <laughs> <laughs> so but but yes yeah, so one could look at my life and say i've had a charmed life for, in those respects but the um but i i've had probably the 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 thing that's popping in my mind is the biggest Debbie Downer moment in my life was a, a situation that my brother's in with an addiction, and um, when it when we first became aware of it about fifteen years ago, it was crushing, mm. and I was at a place in my life then where I was very prideful of my family, and I had this you know I, I mentioned I've grew up in this wonderful Christian home. We 
we it wasn't just a surfacey thing. We we all really, aside from the normal bickering that kids do, genuinely loved each other. We all had our kids at the same time. It was just this kind of angelic little situation, and I took I had a lot of pride in that. Mm. And when he started to fall, um, all I could think of was that's going to wreck. I had this. I had this. I could. I kept picturing a, a, a family portrait of me and my two brother. It was a portrait that we did for my parents back before we had kids, and it was just us and our spouses. And it was just this. It's just this really fun picture that we had taken. And mom and dad, we blew it up big for them, and they had it on their wall. And I just kept thinking, he's ruined that. Mm. He's he's ruined that picture of our perfect family. He's ruined family vacations he's or, or you know our holidays and stuff it's just it, they're all gonna, it's all gonna be ruined it's all gonna be ruined and I, I love him so much that I was able to to hurt for him and forgive him instantaneously but still there was so much fear of this it's all gonna fall apart mm-hmm. it's all gonna fall apart so he's had ups and downs through the years he's he's now their their marriage has ended and it's it's in a really really sad place but I when the latest little thing came out and we knew, okay, this is it. It's, this is going to be over. Um, I could remember thinking, I just, I just feel numb and I just feel sad, but I don't feel scared. Mm. And I don't feel like this has anything to do with me. And I don't feel like I'm clinging so hard to the idyllic, perfect, we don't have to have that perfect Life. image we don't from the have outside to have looking that perfect in. image we don't have everything doesn't have to be everybody doesn't have to be happy everybody doesn't have to be have it all together for us to be okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's been a big beautiful place to come to and i think that can be the 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 outside looking in thing like make it look really good from the outside looking in can be hard can be prevalent when you come from the family that has seems has it all together. Yeah. Has had it together for yeah. the most part. Yeah. And and obviously there is no perfect family. No. But that can become a real easy idol to cling to. Absolutely. To say to 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 want to make it look real good Absolutely. from the outside looking in. Now for things there's nothing sinful about things looking good from the outside looking in when it's for the right real reasons. Sure. Sometimes when it's just image, which I struggle with, uh-huh. um, it's not the right reasons. Right. It's not to glorify God. It's not no. because there's something genuinely good going on in the hearts of the people in the family. Right. Um, right. It's just to look good. Exactly. And I, I have a I have a group of ladies that I do. I, I heard you mention on a podcast how much you love the 12 steps. Mm-hmm. And I have a group of ladies that I've gone through three years, and we go through the, this 12 steps together. And we're all with a with a Christ centered spin on it, and um, the thing that I have been working working through almost all these three years is just realizing how how much my need for not only me to be happy but everybody around me to be mm. happy um, that was has been such an idol, and I'm I'm a work in progress. I'm getting there, but it's it's almost. I mean, it was if if my husband comes home in a bad mood, guess what? 
that puts me in a bad mood mm-hmm. because he's not happy and I need him to be happy mm-hmm. because it's if rocking my okay, world. If you're not okay, I'm not okay. Yeah. Yeah. That is Gretchen snapping, <laughs> Kyle. It is not <laughs> me clapping. Let it be known. Make him my point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that he, it's, but it's, that's, it's not what, it's, we're not going to be happy all the mm-hmm. time. We're not going to be everybody. There's real life we, happens. Real life happens. And God's still God. Well, God is still God. I, I sent Laura this video last year, um, probably for many reasons I sent it to her, but prob- but, but I think I sent it to you that um, you, if you've listened to the podcast at all, you've probably heard me mention Nadia Boltz-Weber. You cannot follow her for her theology, but gosh, she's gosh, she's got her finger on the heart of God sometimes. Hmm. And um, there was a video that she did that she did that it was something about like telling the truth about ourselves i think is maybe what it's called i'll link it uh i'll link it in the when i post it on facebook but um but she talks about how for a long part of her life she felt like christianity religion was about like smoothing her rough edges uh-huh and that what she's found over time is that those jagged edges those broken places are places that give you enough texture for other people to latch on to. Oh, that's beautiful. That's oh, yeah. I love and, that. and, and that, um, and that those places that we're trying to smooth are really like the places where we can connect mm-hmm. yeah. with one another. And, um, and there's something about not being perfect, mm-hmm. um, because none of us are Nope. that when we see that in another person, it doesn't repel us. It draws us to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I, and I think that's that's one of those things that I think is harder sometimes for people that grew up in more traditionally we really Christian like smooth homes. yeah uh-huh. they really like smooth yes. and, and and so and and they like the appearance of smooth um, maybe those of us that were jagged all along um, you know <laughs> well, there's you... never been a smooth part for me um, but uh, but like that was not that wasn't even an option it's not an option now um, but but. But again, like, it's like, that's, that's what, like, that's what connects us to one another is like that, those jags, we had a place where we catch and it holds, Mm -hmm. you know, gives you something to grab onto. I love that picture. I'm going to use that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, watch that video when I post it, watch that video. It's so great. But, but anyway, I, I think like, I love that you're sharing that with us and I love, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, again, those jagged edges, I mean, that gives They're you beautiful. something to hold on to. Yeah, and, and for I'm identifying again with you just that that image can be an idol. Sure. And um, and I know idol feels a little bit like Christianese, but for me, it, but it's, it, it, it's very, it is very true that it's what's, what's on the throne of what's most important absolutely in your life. And even, and you really have to face that when like, I know I, I have to face it with my marriage and with my kids mm-hmm. and wanting things to look good. But even when it's extended family and just like wanting that literal good picture. Right. Right. Yeah. Everybody, everybody happy, everybody healthy, everybody. Mm-hmm. Laura, you are now allowed to ask your question. Okay. <laughs> so, do you have, do you think that you have a big ask prayer that kind of jumps to your mind or, um, you know, we allow more than one if there are a few that are floating around out there. Right, right. I, I, I was mentioning earlier that, gosh, I could probably pick one for every little tiny little aspect. Um, but maybe, maybe just in light of what we've been discussing, um, just that I, 
that God would allow me to see the beauty in the jagged edges. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where I'm at a season right now where I've, you know, my girls are starting to meet young men that may or may not be the ones they spend the rest of their lives with and, um, or waiting, you know, I've got one, one daughter that's waiting to meet her Prince Charming now and, you know, is, is feeling like she's ready for that. And, um, that I will just be, have peace in the moment that I will cling on to the peace that he's already given me because his spirit is in me, um, for whatever that looks like and to be okay and accepting of what, what his plans for their lives and, and ours in the midst of that looks like. Mm-hmm. How he'll it, use it, those stories. Cause I, 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 I want to be mama bear and I want to go, yes, we like him mm-hmm. and he's we awesome. Do not like him. And <laughs> I'm not sure about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, we we don't have any of those yet, girls. But mm-hmm. just I, you know, I, I part of my wanting everybody, needing everybody to be happy, is is wrapped up in this season of life they're getting into right now. Mm-hmm. With uh, you know, I want oh that I need want, to control oh that, that need to control. To control. Laura you know, doesn't res- that doesn't resonate with Laura at all. I've told Porter she can't have a boyfriend, so uh, she spoke it into into being. She's like I put God. It out she just speaks things there, and they happen, and it it will and it, it will shall happen. happen. Mm, yes, I, I should have remembered to tell her not to create a <laughs> a, a vlog, vlog yeah. on Pinterest. I've been, well, but I've that's been, a story I've for been, another time. I. Lydia is two years older than Porter, so I've just been I poor I'm 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 not a great friend sometimes. I just laugh at Laura. I laugh my head <laughs> off as she enters the stages. You keep trying. No, but I, I do think there's so many control can can disguise itself yeah. into so many different sure. things. Like I just want everyone Looks to be like happy. Concerned. And Looks yes, like I yes. just want to make sure you're making good choices. Uh-huh. But what I have to face is, I just really want to control, uh-huh. and I want my I just my really way. want this to end up the way I want it to yes, end up. Yes, I would like to write this story. Uh-huh. I would like to speak things into existence <laughs> and make this story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we probably, truth be told, we all, all want to do Let that Let there bit. be light, and there was light. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's who I would like to be. <laughs> I would make a terrible God, though, as I've been reminded many times in my life. No, and I, I, I do appreciate your perspective as somebody who's just a stage ahead of us yeah. in life. Um, yeah. Just but, about how you're, like, how you're letting go and, and, yeah. and not trying to white-knuckle it anymore. Right. Like a few of those idols of image and kind of perfection – yeah. And I don't want to call it total codependency, but just that, like, everybody has to be okay for me to be okay. All right. of those things are, right. they can be so subtle and sneaky mm-hmm. um, and so destructive. And so easy to pass on to your kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I see that in all. I'm like, how did you all get the worst parts of me? <laughs> how did that happen? And it's different ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I didn't realize there were that many bad parts of me, but you all seem to have found them and you remind me daily. Them, as the kids say, they I like don't, to use the I saw a meme. I saw a meme the other day that was like, um, I'm going to butcher it, but the worst part of parenting is try to is trying to parent the me out of my out children. Out of my children. <laughs> I know. Oh, gosh. I, I, I can definitely that. can feel that. Well, thank you oh. for coming on oh, and so for sharing so your fun. story. It was very fun. It was yes. I'm over here trying to eat popcorn quietly because the last time Kyle told us we sounded like termites. I heard. <laughs> I heard that. Just <laughs> chewing popcorn. Chewing popcorn. So I'm just trying to like oh, let it dissolve Kyle. in my mouth and then just swallow the kernels whole. <laughs> no, Kyle's lot in no, life is I this w- podcast. I want you to chomp on one. Let me hear what it sounds like. 
Oh, that's oh, it's that a little termite. I did do that one rather, rather like Dramati- right into the dramatically. mic, <laughs> dramatically right into the mic in my molars. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you, Gretchen. You're it was so, so it, it, like I've known Gretchen for several years, but it's fun to get to know you more. And um, yes. we just uh, just thank you for trusting us with your story. It's been it's thank been you fun. for for mm-hmm. putting me at ease and. Just being fun to talk to. Yes, yeah. well, you know, hey. we try to make just, it easy. We try. And shout we try. out, they're it not scary succeeds. girls, so if you're on the fence, <laughs> yes. come on over. They'll give you a glass of wine. Thank you. Yes, we will. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we need people to ease Glass in, of wine right? and popcorn. <laughs> That's right, and popcorn. I'll usually make popcorn, so. All right, okay. well, thanks so much for joining us on Embarrassment of Riches. Thank you.